Hey everybody, welcome to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Once again, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by our Wrestling Inc.'s own Raj Geary and Matt Morgan, uh, settling in here to his uh, permanent Monday night co-host spot. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, easy to get on here, like a charm. I'm, I'm getting better and better every week. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on Raw tonight. I know Raj and I were talking about it a little before the show. I think uh, tonight's one of those that uh, you know might be a little, mm, you know, maybe a lesser show. People might have some more uh, mixed opinions of it, but uh, we're going to hash it out and go through it beat by beat. But before we dive into things, I want to let everyone know that this episode of the Wrestling Inc. podcast is brought to you by our friends at HostPapa. Their powerful web hosting solutions and cloud-based productivity tools are perfect for small business owners, digital entrepreneurs, and freelancers. Go to hostpapa.com slash wrestling. Use our exclusive promo code wrestling to save 15% off their popular shared web hosting packages. That's hostpapa.com slash wrestling. So let's start with the big picture thoughts. Uh, Raj, to you, what what do you what do you just think of the show sort of overall? I know uh, I, I liked your quote uh, before about what this felt like tonight. So, uh, you know, it, uh, hit us off with, uh, you know. The thesis yeah. Thing. Well, I thought I thought it felt like a like a holiday episode. You know, I know they're up against the Olympics and uh, uh, they're not expecting to do too well tonight. But it it felt like a Fourth of July or a Christmas episode where they just kind of, you know, have a, a completely uh, missable show. I mean, it's kind of a throwaway show. If you miss tonight, you don't have to rewatch it to you know catch up on anything. So I just thought uh, I thought it was a lot of filler. It, it wasn't necessarily bad. Uh, well. I, it wouldn't have been bad if it was two hours, but when you have three hours of filler, it, it felt really long. Yeah. Matt? Absolutely the drizzling you-know-what. This was a waste of three hours for me. This was brutal. If I had three thumbs, if I had three thumbs, I'd give you three thumbs down. This show was, it sucked. Um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to babyface any part of this show. This was horrible. Um and to your point, Rise, you know, it felt like a, a like a throwaway show, a holiday show, where they just kind of throw some crap out there just to fit, just to fill content for three hours. Um, I remember back when they would take that as a challenge when the Olympics were on or something like that was going down, even the Super Bowl or something like that, and they try to put out something really, really good and draw in a really good number because there's more eyeballs on the TV tonight, more people clicking through the channels. This was an opportunity, in my opinion, to get more eyes on their set, on their show, and they could not have failed any worse. Yeah, especially this close to SummerSlam, you know? Like, yeah. don't just throw everything out the last week, you know? Just Ugh. don't have a throwaway show leading to your second biggest pay-per-view of the year, or third yeah. biggest. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just hard to watch. Well, it's tough because here we are in this new era post-brand split, you know, where the shows are supposed to be ultra-competitive. And um, to just have sort of, you know, a lesser effort seems, I don't know, I mean, like a real way to kill the momentum. It's funny, though, what you mentioned, Raj, you know, it's like, oh, if you miss this episode of Raw, you don't have to go back and rewatch it. I feel like Raw, and I say this as a fan, Raw is the one wrestling show you absolutely can miss because they're going to recap the hell out of it. You're going to see the recap on Superstars, the recap on Main Event. Um, you know, I was at two house shows over the weekend, saw the Raw recap there. I feel like basically everywhere I go, someone's trying to recap Monday Night Raw for me, basically. <laughs> there, the next week on Monday Night Raw, they're going to tell you what happened last week on Monday Night Raw. You know, um, I just feel like they really, really want to hammer home the main story beats. 
Yeah, and then the, I mean we'll get to it, but uh, you know the big angle with Mick Foley and Daniel Bryan. I mean that just completely fizzled out. I mean it was just nothing. It was just a and complete they, waste. Uh, and they touted it at the beginning. I mean we didn't even get a plugged main event so much as we got. Oh my God, Daniel Bryan's tonight. So my my first note was Daniel Bryan on Raw. Oh my God, this hasn't happened in like what two weeks? I mean big. <laughs> Big get. Yeah, know. if you're gonna sacrifice the uh, the integrity of the brand split, <laughs> you know, to do it for something like that, where you, nothing comes out of it, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, man, you know, we're we're three weeks in the brand split, and two weeks they've already had talent from the other show appearing, you know, on television, so uh, it's weak stuff. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm getting the vibe that the the integrity uh, of the, of the split is not really a key concern going forward. I think uh, they're treating this very loose, you know? This is like uh, in the Bay Area, it's, uh, you know, it's like back when they uh, didn't have interleague play, uh, you know, in the MLB. It's like in the Bay Area, the Giants would always play the A's, you know, enough that there was nothing special about that. You could see that all the time, even though it was uh, supposed to be separated. Um, so with this, I feel like, yeah, I feel like we're going to keep seeing these crossovers, you know, and cross promotions. Yeah, hopefully with SummerSlam coming, you know, they, they they'll try at least for a little while to do a complete split, but yeah, yeah, maybe or maybe yeah, maybe we'll just finally get that especially with separate pay-per-views, right? Yeah. Um so we had that announcement to top off the show. Uh Enzo and Cass come out um really set up that, you know, okay, they're feuding now with with Jericho and Kevin Owens. Uh we had uh you know, Enzo versus uh Jericho. Uh, John Bon Jericho, as uh, Enzo so brilliantly uh, dubbed him there, and uh, you know, I mean, let's let's just sort of go thoughts, uh, Matt, to you first. Thoughts on both that feud, the segment, and the match as a whole. I still think that with with what Enzo and Kaz can do, and what's being done with them right now, I, they're not hitting it. In my opinion, they keep. In my opinion, they're losing a little bit of steam each week. Um, Again, too much time is not good. I mean, it feels like I'm wanting him to tell a funny joke. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting him on. I'm wanting him to not mess up or not knock it out of the park like he has, like he always usually does on the mic. You know, so I, I don't know. It, it just it, that in and of itself, that's how it started. I like the way the show started. It was different. Finally, it wasn't you know the same old crap with the McMahons coming out or Hunter or whomever. It was somebody, you know, somebody new. It was a new era talent. That was cool. That says a lot about the company's belief in, in that talent. Um, so that was cool. Um, also, obviously, anything with Kevin Owens is in it, I absolutely am a fan of and I love. Um, uh, I thought the back and forth stuff was okay. Um, the match, again, was typical WWE stuff where we're not getting clean finishes. Um the other thought, the, the, you know, the other part about it was, at the very end, I don't know if you guys heard this. Go back and watch this on your DVR fans. At the very end, when Kevin Owens and then um, Jericho are walking up uh, the ramp together, you'll hear Kevin Owens hugging him, yelling, "I did all the work, Jericho. You did some." <laughs> it was hilarious. I missed that. Yeah. He does oh, so no, many was, funny little he, things like yeah, that. He was yeah. Doing, he was doing the, I won! I won! I did it! Yeah, you know, or, yeah. or, I mean, it was kind of a throwback. Who did he do that with? Was uh, He was tagging with a couple months ago, but when he was like, uh, he won, I helped. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> right. like, I mean, Owens is legitimately... I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if everyone picks up on it, because you're right, Matt, you have to pay attention, but Owens is like legitimately one of the funniest guys in the entire company. 
but it's it's sometimes yeah, it's yes. a little subtle and a little muted compared to like Enzo, you know, who's more over the top. Right, yeah. right. Right. Yeah, I forgive, thought... forgive my forgive my kid in the background, guys. I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, no worries. Uh, I I agree with Matt. Like uh, I think sometimes less is more. Enzo, I mean, you could do some of it uh, each week, just the basic stuff. But having to cut a new promo every week and and trying to trying to you know stay at that level, you know, it can be tough. And it, when fans get used to it, it just loses its you know uh, you know the specialness and the u- uniqueness. Um, but that being said, I thought the first half hour of the show was, you know, was entertaining. I just think with Raw as thin as it is right now after the brand split, I, th- I felt like tonight's show really hit home how thin uh, the talent pool is on Raw as far as on top. Uh, you know, in the, in the middle, you know, they're pretty stacked, but as far as top guys, they've only got Rollins, really, because Lesnar is not a full-time guy. And so yeah. guys that, you know, really main event guys, they just really don't have many. So... I almost feel like um, now is not the time for Jericho and Owens to be teaming together. Like they could be used individually yeah. and added to other segments on the show, as opposed to, I mean, you have four of the best promo guys in the company all in one you segment. Know, you know, Raj, I never thought of it that way. That's a really strong point, actually. You're right, because we'll get to it later. I'm sure the main event, but but the main event is really where it hit home for me. Like, wow, they're very late on talent, mm-hmm. um, but. That's a great point. You're 100% right. It right now might not be the time for it. You could have just exactly what you just said, spot on the money. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was, you know, the, the setup for it I thought was good, although, and I never thought I would say this, because I know the early naysayers were saying this, like, oh, Enzo's opening spiel is going to get old, um, you know, yeah. at some point, right? It has to. Tonight right. it felt like he really was rushing through it. I mean, what do you guys think the over-under is? I mean, how long do you think it's that's going to keep getting the same reaction? I feel like right now it's still in that honeymoon phase where maybe when they debuted after Mania, you know, the people that were NXT fans knew Enzo's rap down cold. Now everybody knows it, but how long until, you know, they have to come up with something else uh, when, when going out there? I mean, Matt, what, what's your thoughts for how much more they could sort of milk that as uh, their, their big pop? It's... <sighs> That's I, I thought I was worried about the same thing, but I thought Enzo, and I still do think he's creative enough to keep throwing a lot of stuff against the wall to see what's going to stick. Oh yeah. The yeah. real the the real thing with that though is he's going to hit a point himself. I don't care who you are; it happens to everybody, even like someone like The Rock or someone of just humongous. Think of the best promo guys; it happens to everybody, where they hit a wall. And, and they do become a little bit more repetitive, and, and the fans aren't with it, and you start to doubt yourself. You know, um, if someone as confident as him. And so I'm just hoping that one that – I hope we're not there yet because some of his stuff is still falling super flat. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it yet. You know what I mean? I know that I, I hate to still – I hate to crap on him so early still, um, but it's decrescendoing for me, you know? Mm. Raj? I you know I still think he's one of the highlights of the show, uh, oh, you know for sure. And and uh, you know I think he he gets exposed when he's put in these long matches. I think Enzo does. Um, you know he's great on the mic. He's he's you know fine in the ring, but you know uh, in, they're great in tag matches. So I, you know I think uh, yeah I think the fewer singles matches for Enzo is probably better. 
Well, to your point earlier, Raj, I see. I think in NXT they got them down to a really good formula. Where they would come out, you know, he would do the My Name Is Enzo Amore. They'd finish with the SAWFT. But in between, they would essentially give them like four lines. He would have four lines, and they were usually not, you know, knocking it out of the park. Whether he was doing uh, yeah. the Connect Four, the Parker Brothers bit, uh, the Vaude Villains, get back in your DeLorean, go back to the future. He would have like just some quick A material, and then they would have, you know, not a, a brief match, but they would have a match that they got to go in, do their thing, the hot tag. And I thought that was a really good format and formula. It seems like it's it's kind of I'm just cherry picking from both your points, Raj. For one, it seems like you know the setups are getting longer because he is so good on the mic. And the rush to your point, it's like the ring stuff is getting longer, and that's sort of exposing his flaws. I think that if they really want to get the most longevity out of Enzo and Cass, you need to figure out how to leave people wanting more. Because as soon as people get their fill, then they burned it. You know, It's like they killed the golden goose at that point. And I don't want that to happen with Enzo and Cass. I love no, Enzo and Cass. No, me either. You know? But uh, since he opened the show last week, he opened the show last week, he opened the show this week, if he opens the show next week, that's, in my mind, kind of like uh, to what you said, Raj, that's like, okay, they, they got no one else. They got no one else that can come out and get that opening pop and really set the show off and get it rolling, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's only been, with that. It's only I, been I, two I, weeks. I'm now. sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Um, yeah. I disagree with that. I, I think absolutely, I think, I think um, um, absolutely um, Sasha Banks could. Yeah. I think Sasha Banks could come out and blow that roof off that place. You guys, you got to remember, the beginning of the night is, 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 is a cheap pop, if you will. Whoever mm-hmm. comes out first is generally going to get a solid reaction, even if they're, no, if they're meh, you know. So you have that built in. You have a built in, I would say, 25% pop that's going to pop no matter what because it's the first thing of the night for that baby face. Sasha definitely has capability to do that. And there, there's some others too. I think Kevin Owens could as well. If they if they do right by him, but if he has the right material. Well, yeah. Well, I, I think that, Owens. I think Jericho. I think, like I said, you know, you got too many guys that are great on the mic that are uh, put into one put into one segment. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, that's. Uh, yeah, that's that's segment one. And believe me, if it felt like we talked about it for a while, you know, well, it was the first 35 minutes of the show, believe it or not, tonight. Uh, so the winner uh, by disqualification in that match was Chris Jericho. And, uh, you know, I would say if, you, if you're going to watch a match from tonight, though, uh, Owens alone, you know, in commenting uh, during the match, uh, his little side comments were, were really, really good. Um, so after that, we went a uh, nice backstage segment with Mick and Sasha Banks setting up the match later in the night. Uh, come back out. We had uh, the Braun Strowman squash match this week. Now, Raj, um, I believe you ran a report on Wrestling Inc. about this. Uh, what what happened in the live crowd? I heard that Cena and Styles came out just in Anaheim. Yeah, so that was a, a dark segment. I, I, I wonder, I, I'm guessing they probably didn't do the dark match after the show, but... Uh... Yeah, the uh, they had a segment where AJ Styles came out, said he was just there, uh, you know, because he was advertised, you know, before the brand extension, and that he, he's there to beat Cena up. And Cena came out, gave him an AA, and and that was pretty much it. So it was just a, a quick segment to get them out there, you know, deliver on advertising them, I guess, and you know, get them get them their pay for the night and and get out yeah. of there. Well, and probably the last chance to do something like that because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Raj, but isn't this the the end of uh, touring together now with this overseas trip that's coming up? Then when they come back, it's going to be separate? Uh, I think next week as well. So next week is the last touring you should, week. Well, I think Cena's still advertised for a couple of Raws after SummerSlam. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so if you're going to a house show, now's, now's the time to get the stacked roster. I went to two this past weekend, and it was an amazing pool of talent that they just got to cherry-pick from. Um, so after uh, that first segment, commercial break, the dark match, ha- uh, dark segment happened, we came back, we got uh, Braun Strowman versus Jarrell Nelson. Uh, what did you guys think this week compared to the first two Braun... Uh, dis- I don't want to say squash matches. Let's just call them the Braun displays of strength, essentially, <laughs> the dist- displays of dominance. What did you, uh, you think about this week over the last two, Matt? Um, did you notice his finish? He still is using my finish. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> he, uh, not, we don't need to spend much time on this. this I know, whole yeah, spade of spade. He looked dominating. He did exactly what he was supposed to go out there and look like and act like. Um, I don't understand what the hell he's doing with his tongue thing. That, that doesn't that, – that draw – remember I was telling you guys last week, Vince used to tell me when bigger guys do things, even the slightest little subtlety, it sticks out like a sore thumb. That's an example of something sticking out like a sore thumb and being awkward. When you have a big AB-looking guy like that, in, in a complimentary way, of course, um, sticking his tongue out like that and, and, and making these weird faces, it, it, it takes me out of the moment. I could be overanalyzing it, but that's what we're here to do on this show. Um, that definitely takes me out of the moment a little bit. It's not, it's not an intimidating face. It's not a mean-looking face. It's not a monster face. I don't know what the hell kind of face it was. I don't know if he wanted a French kiss his opponent. I don't know what the hell that was supposed to mean. But um, <laughs> it that was weird, would have and that's what I was talking about last interesting, week. Interesting hook. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know what's still distracting to me is that roaring in his entrance music. That's, oh. I just feel like that just kills all his, you know... Any any kind of uh, yeah. intimidating presence that he had. Can you imagine if Andre the Giant came out to roars and growling? Hey, I mean, you know, Samoa Joe has that weird Godzilla roar that kind of sounds like a toilet flushing at the beginning of his theme song, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's very, it's very uh, Giant Gonzalez-esque, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so hokey, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it just makes it hard to take him seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so it was what it was. Raj, any uh, thoughts on how they, they minorly tweaked it and switched it up this week? Uh, you know, again, I, yeah, it, that's, that's, a, that's crazy that this guy got his own entrance. Like, he got uh, his entrance yeah. music and everything, the, the, the guy that got squashed. Um, but, no, I, you know, I, I wish they'd be a little more creative with some of this as opposed to kind of doing the same angle, but it was, you know, it was fine. I mean, it's to doing, they're doing what they... What they want to do is uh, yeah. get, get him over as a monster. I just don't know mm-hmm. if the fans are going to buy him in that role. You know, like once you, once you, there's some guys it works with, some guys it doesn't. I just don't see it with him, but, you know, I could be wrong. He's big. He's yeah. big. He is big. <laughs> but so was, so was Kurgan and, you know, so many other, so many other guys in the past that, you know, they, they give the win streak or, uh, what was his, what was that guy's name? Uh, you know, even Kali, all these guys that they gave the the, the dominating win streak gimmick, and and they just didn't connect with the audiences. So, yeah, yeah, yeah he's no Goldberg, that's for that's for sure. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, this is the guy that spent the better part of the last few years having to wear a sheep mask on TV. So I think you know his career is clearly on an upswing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we went from that to a backstage segment. Uh, Sean Puff Daddy Combs. Uh, was in the back, congratulated fully on the new gig as GM. Uh, two-thirds of the New Day came and did a little thing with him. It was kind of weird. That, now, was he advertised, or did I read incorrectly? That, I mean, he was, I thought, kind of touted as the guest host of this episode, but he only did that one segment, right? Uh, no, they just, I think they just said special guest. Okay. So, uh, which, which is good, I think. Um, this was the only segment he was in, right? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just weird to advertise a celebrity and use him for a two-minute, you know, throwaway segment. But at the same time, you know, if he would have went out in the crowd, you heard the booze that he got, you know, just when they panned to him backstage. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was just a, kind of a completely nothing segment. Well, I think we can all agree he's no Jeremy Piven as far as guest hosts go. So, you know. Yeah, it's 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 been a while since they've had a, a good a good guest host on there. It's it seems like I mean what maybe one for every ten is actually kind of I mean Bloody I like man. yeah I mean yeah, Doctor yeah. Phil actually advanced some storylines in his uh, oh. backstage segments. But you're you know lowering, what I mean? lowering your expectations though. Remember, yeah. it's all within the context of crappy guest hosts. That that's yeah. what we're talking here. Yeah, yeah. You know. outside of Bob Barker, I, I can't remember. Yeah. Like, yeah, Bob was actually, yeah. Well, that's the thing about celebrity involvement. I mean, for every Stephen Amell, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, there's there's, there's just kind of... I wasn't a big fan of Stephen Amell either. Even that, <laughs> even that. Yeah. I don't even like that, yeah. 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 Well, compare, come on, compare, again, it's a low bar compared to some of the yeah. other ones. You know, uh, I mean, go look at the Wikipedia entry, everyone, if you want to see just uh, what, what the competition is for... Uh, <laughs> celebrity uh, spots. Uh, so after that, we uh, came back to a uh, kind of quick match between Darren Young versus Titus O'Neil. Um, so this seems like that's that's the storyline. That's the rivalry now. The former primetime players uh, locked in a feud with one another. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on uh, where this is all going? Uh, same thoughts as last week. Nothing. I mean, <laughs> nothing really new. Uh, I thought, okay. The little twist at the end with Bob Ackland not looking when Darren pulled his tights for the win, that was pretty cool. That was okay. That's that's okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but I, I don't – it is what it is. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sandwich type of match that's sandwiched in there to serve its purpose. I like Darren Young. I think Darren Young they've been doing a lot more with, actually, than what he's currently doing. He's athletic as hell. He's got a great look. Um, and when he was in the Florida Championship Wrestling, he, he, was, he was really somebody I thought – they were going to do a lot with, you know, he's got tons of talent and he works his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it was just a 50, 50 booking, you know, uh, Titus yeah. got the one last week, Darren gets it this week. They're probably going to wrestle a, a bunch more times and, and none of the, none of the finishes are going to matter. So, you know, like I said last week, uh, they, they, these guys were partners forever. They could have done a lot more to build up this feud. Um, and it's just, it's just a throwaway, you know, uh, feud just to kill time. Keep, yeah. keep Bob Backlund getting paid. Uh, so he was at uh, the Sunday house show I went to in Fresno. Bob Backlund, like, pretty over with the crowd, including, like, <laughs> kids that were excited to see him. Although one, the kid behind me told his dad that he was uh, Bob Bobby Lashley. That's who he thought it was. Apparently that's the only Bob oh, name geez. that he knows. Big difference. In wrestling. <laughs> yes, big difference. But no, Backlund, I mean, it's just it's good to see him. I like, you know, it, it, to me, it's that he's the high point of these segments. Um... So we went from that into uh, Seth Rollins addressing Finn Balor. Uh, okay, so I, I think that these, you know, this pair of promos, both what uh, Seth did and Finn did, probably, you know, have some split opinions um, out there, a little maybe divisive. But uh, Raj, to you first. I mean, what did you think about the length of what Seth did and, and the content of how he was putting Finn over while at the same time trash-talking him? Did, did anyone else think that Seth Rollins was saying Demon Kane as opposed yes, to Demon absolutely. King? Or maybe he said I, Demon Kane at first and then corrected himself. I yeah. thought people would think that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's what I thought he enough. said at first, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, again, you know, this is your basically the your second main event, you know, uh, outside of Lesnar and Orton. 
I just think you gotta you gotta put the pedal to the metal and make you know, make Finn seem like a top guy. And I didn't think they did that at all this week. Uh, you know, Rollins did what he did. Uh, he cut a good heel promo, kind of standard stuff. You're not gonna remember it in a week or two, but uh, you know, I just thought they need they needed to do more with Finn. And I the the Irish history lesson uh, just wasn't enough, <laughs> you know, for a main event build, in in my opinion. <clears throat> You, you know what? I was pretty impressed with one thing was that Seth did have, the, in my opinion, the ability to not only still be a heel, because um, you got to remember, there's so many people in that, in, that, in that audience that wants to chant, I want to cheer for him. I mean, he, he's, he's entertaining as hell to, to watch in that ring. Um, he's the best in the roster in that ring, in my opinion. Um, but So he's battling that. He, and his job is to go out there, which is a huge onus to put on him, which is to go out there and get, like you said earlier, to go out there and get the baby face over while also semi trying to bury the baby face and get heat on the match as well. There was no heat on the match itself. The heat was just him going out there and giving us a history lesson, like you said, on, 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 on Finn. You know, they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because the next thing that Finn's got to, that in my opinion should be doing is people want to see the demon. I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen, and now they're kind of booked into where we'll get into it. What they did later with it, with with Finn's promo, which I thought was excellent, um, you know. But the people want to see that live, and they want to see that now. Um, and so anything that he does, like he can do it. I mean, what, what what do you do with him until well, until SummerSlam? Well, you could have put him up against like Owens, you know. Like if you didn't do the tag match, you could have had him have a kick-ass match with Owens, get a big win. And just kind of get get some get some more steam from him, you know. After because he got really over two weeks ago from wrestling, you know, from just being in that ring. Yeah, and he's one that's going to do that for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think just having a great match with Owens and 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 you know just winning and that would have I think done more than what they did this week. Pick somebody else other than my boy Owens. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's Jericho. the thing, though. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean but anyone, I mean, the thing with Finn, I think his appeal on the main roster is that he doesn't look like, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he looks like, you know, kind of like a smaller guy, um, you know, nice looking, presents himself well, well spoken. I mean, you don't think of him as the guy that can go in there and just really kick ass. I mean, he does some amazing stuff in the ring, and I think that's where the contrast is. You know, and then with the demon on top of it, he shows this whole other side um, that you just don't, you know, you wouldn't guess uh, just by looking at him. So I think that it, it was kind of weird to have Seth going the mythology history angle and talking about it. Um, that and, is how he got his name, though, Finn. That's yeah, no, and I understand that. I'm surprised they even talked about it. Yeah. yeah, well, but that's isn't that like kind of one of those things though? I mean, it's like a joke. It's like a thing. It's like if you have to explain it, it's not cool anymore. It's, yeah. it's like yes, like Good that's boy. the yeah. Easter egg, right? Like Finn Balor, I'm gonna look that up, and I'm like, oh, you, you know, Finn means demon. Like, but if you have to tell people like Finn Balor, Balor is a demon, you know. You know, it's just like you yeah. you shouldn't have to point that out. You know, you're right. Um, yeah, so I I mean I don't know. It, like it, it, in pairing with each other, I don't, it was uh, I I. I feel like, and I think the demon will deliver, but it's very clear tonight that that's 100% what they're pushing as the draw of that match. Um, is that, okay, we're going to see the demon. That's the buildup. Uh, one Seth line that he said, and I know he, it was, this was just facetious and scripted, but God damn it, now I want to see it. Seth said at SummerSlam he's going to ride it on a white horse and slay the demon. They better sure as hell get him a white horse to enter in SummerSlam <laughs> with his white ring gear. Oh my God, that would be awesome. That would be heat. Yeah, that's what I want to see. 
That's absolutely what I want to see. And get him a sword, too, while we're at it. I mean, Triple H has had these ridiculous, you know, uh, entrances and yeah. whatnot. You know, I think Seth can do it for SummerSlam. Um, so we had that, uh, came back, and then uh, this was interesting because I saw the same match twice over the weekend. We had uh, Sheamus versus Cesaro. Um and uh, I thought it was really interesting how, you know, the storyline obviously carried over and had repercussions into the main event. But, I mean, what did you guys think of the, the match itself, Matt? To you first. I'm sorry, I missed the last part. Of oh, uh, to, you, to you first. What did you think of the match? Uh, which match? I didn't hear that. Uh, Sheamus part. and Cesaro. Sorry. Um, good. Uh, but let me tell you, you want to if, if any of your friends out there that, that like to say that wrestling is hokey or it's fake and it's Show them a Sheamus match. He brutalizes his opponents in a safe way. He is he he hits hard. Um, his stuff looks real, really real. As does Cesaro. So this I, I like those two working against each other. I don't like where they're at though, within you know the, the WWE hierarchy as far as the totem pole right now. Um, you know, so it was kind of one of those matches just to get, you know, Cesaro a little bit closer to where they need to get him to for later on tonight. And it served its purpose. Um, it, you know, was what it was, same as similar as last week, in my opinion. Yeah, again, you know, I, 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 I say this every week, but when you're starting off a feud and you're starting it off with a match, you know, <laughs> I, I just don't feel like that's the way you should do it. That should be where right. you get to. And they've already done two, and it's going to keep going, you know. My guess is this yeah. will probably be your SummerSlam kickoff match, you know, will be, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro. And that's a shame. Again. Yeah. Isn't that a shame, Mirage? Absolutely. I mean, I think both of these, I mean, Sheamus was WWE champion last right? November. Yeah, but again, not really. Not really the champ. I mean, but he was way higher up than he is yes. now. Than he is now, yeah. And and the, both these guys can go. I mean, I think they they both are you know gifted, talented guys that mm -hmm. you know just been uh, just been hurt so badly by booking. Well, with Cesaro especially, because, I mean, I just, I think that, you know, he still has just a lot that we haven't seen from him yet. I think he can just do so much more than they're giving him the chance to. Um, you know, and he, I mean, he puts on a great match. That's what I'll say. And I think Sheamus, too. I mean, no matter what position they put him in, they go out there and they, they exceed the expectations for that match. Um, I mean, if they are relegated, uh, I mean, when we say kickoff match, you mean kickoff of actual SummerSlam or the pre-show, Raj? Yeah, the pre-show. Yeah, pre-show match. I think if they do the pre-show match, it will be, you know, like uh, it it will be really good for a pre-show match. They won't treat it like a pre-show match, you know. They'll go out there and do it like the wrestling, the main event, you know. And uh, you know, I really respect that about the both of them. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I just. You know, and that's part of the thing in this. It's like, this is where it's frustrating at week three in this new era of Raw, is that we shouldn't be keep saying again and again when they do these matches, well, my thought about it is the same thing I thought about it last week when they did the same thing last week. That was the whole point of this brand right. split, was to stop doing this. To just, yeah. it's, well, it's, like, it's like your mom telling you that you're having meatloaf leftovers again, and the next night you're having the leftovers of the leftovers, you know? Right. Well, the, the one, yeah, the one good thing too is at least you know if, if Vince takes the cruiserweight division seriously, they got that coming up. You know, so yeah. that'll help uh, not overexpose a lot of these guys. Um, you know, by having a couple cruiserweight matches on each show. So uh, we came back uh, from that, and we had. Um, Let's see, uh, pardon me. So, yeah, there was the tease for the Lester Orton segment coming up, but. Um, no, then they did. 
they did it. They did okay. That was the segment before. So the Lester Orton segment. I mean, did you think that that helped build the match effectively, Raj? I mean, did it really add anything dynamic that's going to make people that didn't care about Brock versus Randy care about them? Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think I just think Lesnar is so damn effective when he talks. You know, <laughs> he's talking about Orton and how he doesn't you know give a you know what. Yeah, he's just you know. Uh, you know, I get why Heyman's there. I know he doesn't like doing promos, and Heyman's so great, but just once in a while letting him talk, and I think he showed it tonight. Just him saying a few words, it's just so effective, and I thought I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a, a good way to build a match without them having to do another uh, thing crossing brands again. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought this was good, and, I th- you know, I wish they'd give Lesnar some more promo time, uh, or I wish he would, you know, take it upon himself to say say a few things here and there where it just it just leaves an impact. Yeah. Matt? Because everything he says is real, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything you believe, everything he says, it's not promo-esque, it's not promo-ish, it's, that's the Viking I was telling you about, like what yeah. you heard tonight, that's how he is. Um, I thought it was very, very serviceable for what it needed to be. It was good. Yeah, the thing that I like about Brock when he does talk, when he does do it, is just that you get this vibe based on everything that, that I you know know and read about him is that he just yeah doesn't care. It's not scripted. He's just shooting, and uh, you know they had to bleep him tonight. I like that. I like that. You know, it's it's he, few well chosen words that are off the cuff. You know, and I think that it, in those doses, that's really effective. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm more curious about the you know the outcome of this match just to see how they're gonna end this because it seems like. With Randy being so over in his return, with Brock's dominance, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they do a, a truly satisfying resolution to this match. I think it's going to uh, not necessarily be controversial. I mean, certainly not like breaking the streak, but I think that, you know, people are going to be surprised one way or the other. I think people have strong feelings. They're just going to go one way or another. I, I thought it would be 100% Brock and that, uh, no, um, with Randy returning or not. Um, yeah. But that said, with with you know the whole Trafail drug test, the whole UFC thing, I, I I don't know if that plays a part into it now as far as where they go with Brock. I, I don't know. I just think there's just been I've said this before with Ambrose uh, before WrestleMania that there's just so much equity in beating Brock Lesnar that you don't just want to waste uh, someone beating no. him. And I just don't think Orton's the guy to you know to uh, waste a, a win over Brock on you know it's the same thing as Undertaker you don't want just anyone beating Undertaker it's it, it's going to mean something so when you do it you know you do it with the right guy so you think maybe as long as he goes out and hits what like let's say 10 RKOs then the audience will be satisfied even if Randy loses just as long as I, they get to I don't think the, I don't think the audience will care that much if Randy loses he hasn't been that, he hasn't been that hot on Smackdown they you know they he, won't they pop for him like he's been around it's not like this yeah. this big star has returned I think there's just Orton you know he he'll always get the the nice pop, but it's not like this big superstar reaction or. Anything. I just think it's that move. I mean, like the RKO, and I noticed this this weekend at the house shows. Like I've never, I mean, in any wrestling that I've ever watched, like a move that was just as popular as the RKO. It's basically like Skinnerd coming out and everyone yelling "Freebird" from song one. Like like mm. somehow if they don't yell it, they're not going to do it. Um, mm. you know, it's just uh, I I don't know. I mean, could you think of another move that's like that popular? Yeah, but I I, I don't DDT. think. Well, not more than the rest. Yeah. 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 No, I don't know, but but no, you're right. He's definitely older, but I think um, I mean, for the sake of SmackDown, though, I mean, he's one of the top guys on SmackDown, so I mean, they've got a, I don't know. He I is, think that's but he's the not challenge. Brock. 
you know. Well, that's, but he's not Papa Brock's not really on Raw. I mean, he's on Raw, but he's he's on Raw next week, but he's not really on the Raw roster. You're not going to see, yeah. you know, Staple. I don't know. I just think it's a boy. Like, how do they build? They can build something with Randy. With Brock, it's just he comes in a couple times a year and does this thing. Uh, so in a second, we're going to talk about uh, what for, I, I think, you know, was the main event of the night, even though it wasn't billed as the main event, which was uh, Sasha versus uh, Dana Brooke. But before that, I want to take a second, give some love and thanks thank the sponsor of this episode, our friends at HostPapa. You know, hosting a website, I don't care when you got your first website online, whether it was for your business, a fan site, a project you were doing, um, a lot's changed. It's not just about learning some HTML, slapping something out there, and, you know, everything's smooth sailing from there. Lots of stuff can go wrong. You need to worry about web security. You need to worry about backups. You need to worry about SEO. Uh, HostPapa has complete turnkey solutions that make it easy for anyone to get a website up and running. They literally have everything that you need, including lightning-fast servers, professional email, automated backups, cutting-edge security, and hundreds of cloud-based productivity tools. No limit to how awesome your site can be. They've got a drag-and-drop web builder. They also have a really simple one-click WordPress installer. And should anything go wrong, they have the best customer service that's available 24-7, 365 in four languages. And if you get stuck, if you screw something up, they'll even give you a free dedicated 30-minute one-on-one training session with one of their experts. It's like having your own IT guy. No other web host does that. HostPapa has your back and shared hosting accounts start as low as $3.95 per month. They'll even throw in a domain name for free. And it's no risk, everyone, because HostPapa has an unconditional 30-day money-back guarantee. Here's what we want you to do. Even if you have a site hosted elsewhere, they'll help you migrate it over for free. Visit hostpapa.com slash wrestling to check out what they've got to offer. And because they're fans of this podcast, they're offering our listeners an exclusive 15% off new shared hosting accounts. Just enter our code wrestling at checkout for a 15% discount. That's hostpapa.com slash wrestling. Use the code wrestling to save 15% off powerful, reliable, and secure web hosting for small business owners and really for everyone who needs a website hostpapa.com slash wrestling. Thanks to them for sponsoring the show. So next up on Raw, we had Sasha Banks versus Dana Brooke with the stipulation that if Sasha beats Dana, Dana will not be at ringside to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, interfere with their match with Charlotte. Um, I mean, what did, what did you think of this in, uh, to sort of extend that feud and, I guess, add the stipulation for, uh, for what's coming up at SummerSlam, Rush? I thought it. I, I thought it made Sasha look stupid that she'd want a handicap match and face two people as opposed to one. You know, especially when they beat her clean. You know, a few weeks ago on SmackDown. Um, and and I mean, the whole thing should just be if you win, Dana's out. You know, and but adding this whole handicap thing, it just seemed. I thought it made Sasha look dumb to suggest it. I thought it made Foley look, you know, weak to go with it. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, the match itself. You know, Dana Brooke, you know, has has work to do. Um, but you know, it wasn't that long, so it, uh, it it was what it was. You know, what's crazy is Dana before she got injured at NXT down in NXT, I believe before her first injury, was really making strides in the ring. Like she was improving like light years each week. She was out going out there. She was really feeling herself as a heel out there. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of, you know, they're throwing maybe too much at her too soon. I, I don't know. 
but she's a lot more talented than what we're seeing on that show. That's for sure. And that's that. That's the that's the writers. You know, um, I don't mean just to bag on them for no reason, but there, there's definitely a difference there. Um, definitely a drop off between what she's doing there and what she was doing in NXT before her injury. Maybe it's the injury. Maybe she's still hurt. I don't know. But um, this match, you know, it, it's, it's exactly what you said, Araj. It, 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 their goal is to try to build the baby face, obviously, as I'll take on all comers because I'm a fighting champion. Come on, come all. You know, that crap, that Marty Jannetty crap. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it, it's 2016. You look like a dumbass trying to do that versus being, you know, smart. And you, you called it. That's exactly the way it came across to me. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It was just another match to get us to where we got to get to. And it will be a good match at SummerSlam. I just wanted to fast forward and get it there already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So speaking of fast forwarding, I did jump ahead. We did uh, before that had the Dudley Boys versus Neville and uh, his mystery mm-hmm. partner, who turned out to be Sinkara. Um, I dug Sinkara's new outfit, and actually, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, pairing Neville with the Luchador. I think that's actually kind of interesting. Um, Raj, what do you think of that pairing? I think, I think if you're gonna do a a surprise mystery partner, it shouldn't be Sin Cara. <laughs> you, you know? But he had that badass snake eyes BDSM gear. I mean, come on. Yeah, man. but he like doesn't. Yeah, just say just say it's against Neville and Sin Cara. You know, <laughs> don't. Um, so I thought. I mean, you know, because when you say mystery partner, I mean everyone's mind starts racing, right? You start. You know, uh, you yeah. To follow up on the earlier joke, that's like leftovers of meatloaf. <laughs> leftovers of meatloaf. Guys, we're having for dinner tonight. Surprise! You're having meatloaf again. Mm, right. Or uh, you're you're having a you know a starburst. You know, it's like <laughs> give give something good. Um, yeah. You know, I like Sinkar. I mean, the outfit was cool, but again, just announce that they're they're facing Neville and Sinkar. You don't need to do the mystery angle bit. I, I thought, thought that we were just... gonna get a return. I thought we were gonna get yeah. a return. Um, because you're right about that. When you say mystery, it's like Give me something. Have you're, Puff Daddy come out there. You're, and you're tag setting with, it up. Uh, you're setting it up to let people down. <laughs> that should be the WWE like their corporate crest, setting people up to let them down since uh, you know was it 1950 whatever. Since Savio you know, Vega. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know what? It's a it's a double edged sword. We we say we want new talents to get new opportunities. It just wasn't the the. Uh, the talent that I notice a lot of the fans would like to have seen in that position is all. Cool outfit. Sankara is very, very good in the ring, good at what he does, very serviceable. But it was what it was. That, that was not a spot to bring him back in that position. In okay, that I mean, has got to be the quote of the year, by the way. We said earlier. <laughs> but you could have even thrown Jinder Mahal in there since he just came back last oh, week. Oh, yeah. yeah I, no, I thought it would yeah. be him. He's already losing someone. on Superstars. He lost on uh, Superstars. I don't think the they brought Jinder Mahal back. back for a title run, Raj. Yeah, but do you lo- have him lose on Superstars one week in? I think you know? wanted, they wanted to set a yeah. tone for his career this time and said, we're just going to kick it off with where you're going to be. Dude, we uh, could put Heath Slater or anyone. You know, it would have gotten more hey, of Heath a pop. Heath Slater is still technically, you know, on the yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. It was what it was. And then uh, we had probably a, a segment perhaps better skipped. What was with the weird, like, PowerPoint presentation on Lana and Rusev's wedding? I mean, I understand they wanted to do something with that, but I felt like that segment just went on forever. I was just waiting for Roman to come out there uh, with that. To me, that just seemed sort of like a tone-deaf thing to devote a critical portion of the show to, 
you know, where it's like, because that was at about, what, the hour and a half mark? That was at the mark where it's like, okay, maybe I'll see what's on the Olympics tonight. You know, maybe I'll flip channels. Like, that seems like a bad idea to put that there and have it go on for so long. And I thought the, you know, the fans were loud during this. They weren't quiet like they I thought they were for most of the show. I thought, yeah. I thought Roman seemed the most comfortable he's been on the yeah. mic in a long time. Like, he's he seems like he's got less pressure on him. Um and so I thought, you know, I thought you knew where it was headed. A cake oh, has never made it out of a wrestling segment without being smashed. Actually, in this segment, two cakes did make it out, so I was a little shocked by that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was to build that match, and it was it was fine for was it. It was a little long, but uh, I thought Lana, I think Rusev is so good on the mic that mm-hmm. if they ever turn him babyface and, you know, have him just drop the whole, you know, anti-American uh, gimmick. I think I, could, I think he could be great. He's you know witty. He's uh, he's witty on his feet, and uh, and you know when the crowd was chanting boring, and he's like, what did he say? Like no, I'm not more, giving you more, more or more. something. You know, uh, you know he played it off well. So mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I think Reigns and Rusev is uh, one of the more entertaining uh, feuds that they have going right now. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah. Guys, let's call a spade a spade. Lana's sitting there in the ring with a wedding dress with the front of it halfway hiked up. Okay? So, of course, everyone in the arena is paying close attention and popping and marking out for it. <laughs> All right? They have pulses. Um, that said, it went on way too long. And it, it uh, I, I agree with what you're saying, though, as far as Rusev. Rusev is very good on the mic. Um the problem is that they made him a face to make him into a comedy act before you know it, because they do not know how to take a big guy seriously as a baby face without making him into some ridiculous joke of a characterization of himself. Right. Um, but, uh, and again, you took all the good points, Raj, what the hell. Um, <laughs> Reigns, by far and away the most comfortable he looked on the mic. That's something that I definitely took out of this show for sure. He by far was the most comfortable on the microphone tonight. I don't know if it's because of his place on the card or what, but... He definitely was very, very, very so, very much so feeling himself out there. It was very good. Yeah, I think he had more of an edge tonight. I mean, so if he's if he's the face in this equation, it's, it's but, you know he was getting but not off. forced. In the past, he's yeah. been forced. He would force that cool guy. I'm tough guy. I'm witty. I'm funny. Trying to smash it all in one, yeah. right? And that's when he would fail. Okay, his sucker, whatever the hell it was, promo he did back in the day that he's notorious for now. Um, his comedy crap, you know, he, he, he'd he get too cute, he'd be too tough, he, he'd try too hard. Tonight he was just letting it, you could see he was just letting it fly, and it was, it looked really good, he looked really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think, you know, I, it's, it's a broken record at this point, but they, I think they'd be well served to turn him heel, but, yeah. at, you know, it's, they're sticking with it, so, you know, at least Roman uh, seems uh, more comfortable here. Um, so jumping back on track, they had uh, the Dana Brooke versus Sasha match, and then after that, we had a Finn Balor promo that was uh, pre-taped. Um, I thought it started out really cool, and then after like the first two sentences, took a weird turn where I felt like I was watching an Epcot video about you know Irish mythology. 
um, complete with illustrations um, and the meanings of uh, Irish words and names. Um, I thought it was an interesting angle for, you know, kind of to pair with what we were saying earlier about the Seth promo. Like, there's so much they could do with Finn, and those early NXT promos were so cool in building up Finn and the demon, talking about, you know, the inner dark side that everyone has. And in this case, yeah. we got, I mean, you know, I, at the end, it was so cheesy, I expected Hornswoggle to come out and recreate the Stonehenge sequence from Spinal Tap, um, because it just seemed like really a hokey way to go with all this mythology stuff. I mean, mythology's cool, but it's not, I don't know, like Finn Balor's a little more <laughs> badass than that, in my opinion. Guys, did I miss something? How did they? How did that end? How did that? I just ended more and more with the mythology. I oh, know that actually the very end was cool, where they had the little quick cuts of the demon makeup, but it just yeah. kept going on and on with the stories. Oh, okay. And they said uh, something. They said yeah. the demon is coming next week, right? I mean, so it I didn't like... see next week that it was, but I saw the demon is coming. Yeah, I know. I think yeah. I think next week. So before SummerSlam. Well, that uh, would be true WWE fashion to completely just you know. Why even give people a reason to tune in at that point? You know, let's just show it to them on Raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I this this segment didn't work for me. I thought it was cheesy. Uh, you know, I just thought you know uh, again, it just felt like a, a weird, uh, like a scary lesson. And um, <laughs> do you remember, guys? Do you remember? Maybe I'm dating myself here, Matt. You're around my age. Uh, remember Time Life Mysteries, the Unknown, and those Time Life books that would kind of try and freak you out talking about the paranormal and, like, uh, mysteries and legends. They would advertise them on TV all the time. But it was the exact same tone as this, like, to try and freak you out and order a book. It just seemed like they were going, like, Game of Thrones on this. And it it, it just didn't didn't make... uh, I I just felt like it didn't take Balor to another step step up, you know, as we're heading into SummerSlam, the biggest match of his life. Yeah. And it just didn't make him seem more like a main eventer. And, And, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think... Him doing a, a match with you know someone someone good uh, like even a Sami Zayn even though it's babyface versus babyface sure. it, yeah. it would have been a, a cool match but to do. Go back, watch that NXT promo with the white room one where they did the the blur fade, the crossfade to the demon and the thing like that. Yeah. That was badass. That is one of the yep. best video packages that I've seen. Period. Uh, not just in wrestling, just period to build up somebody and kind of show me what was coming. Like that could, if that had been any TV show, I would have been like, whoa, I, you know, would have reround and watched it again. Like to have that and contrast that with tonight is just a really clear indicator of how NXT knows what what they're doing. You know, by comparison, maybe because they're, you know, it's not by committee or they have more freedom. Right. But um, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I love Finn, but yeah, like I, I really want better for him than this. You know, that's uh, I guess my my final thought on that. Uh, but then we did get what I thought was a delightful pre-recorded segment of Gallows and Anderson in lab coats talking. Uh, what was it? Uh, ring postitis? Uh, talking about uh, you know, uh, the cross shot with Big E. Um, and they were keeping that alive, by the way. Biggie did not wrestle with New Day over the weekend, um, but he did come out uh, to do, provide a distraction at the end of the match, uh, both nights at the house shows. But uh, yeah, so Biggie is injured with a groin injury. Uh, I mean, what, what did you think of? Uh, I, you know, I think uh, uh, Gallows and Anderson are actually great at doing comedy. We maybe only don't realize this so much because when they're with the New Day, it's hard to sort of, you know, outshine them. But on their own, I mean, I, I thought it was really funny. I mean, Raj, what did you think of the, the segment and the buildup, and then also the match as well? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought they were natural. They didn't seem like they were overacting. Uh, you know, they have like just natural uh, chemistry together as far as like with the humor, and so I I thought this was really good. Yeah, short match though. Uh, Gallows I, squashed Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I had a problem with the match. I don't feel like a champion should be getting squashed. 
Uh, I, why, I, why not I, in a singles match? Why not in a singles match? No, I, I definitely think he should have You know, like Gallo should have won. But I think when you make uh, someone that's a tag champ just look like they're so easy to beat. I don't know. I, I think it just makes the tag team championship looks look weaker. Some of all parts, you know, it, it, you know, at the collective force, they're at their best. Singularly, big job, blue guys. gallows should put him through a wall. <laughs> um, you guys, we, we keep saying it every week that we want to see more out of these guys. We want to see them booked to a certain angle, or to to a certain level with guys that. When I'm, I'm talking about the, the club here, guys. Um, mm -hmm. You want to see them raised and, and not just be working the same exact crap with New Day every single week, and it's getting old and it's getting, you know. So like, you, these guys have got to get something out of this here. Mm -hmm. And 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 as funny as they are, they, there's so much more that those two can do, guys. That they even show that we haven't even seen on TV yet. Um, so the promo was hilarious, I thought, and then, the, then it's what exactly needed to happen, in my opinion. You made Luke Gallows look like a bad mother, you know what, out there. And absolutely crush him. Luke, I mean, it, he's it, it, the finish the way it came. It made sense. And they were probably short on time. Let's let's, let's throw that in there. Well, because we needed time for that next segment about this the Scooby Doo direct DVD movie and that our Truth Gold Dust <sighs> segment. Good that, Are we going to even talk about this? No, we don't. That's I think all of the segment needs mentioning. Although you know, I did actually watch the first Scooby Doo. Movie. Um, I did too. I had to review oh, it. Yeah, yeah. It I'm gonna go back and read that, Raj. I want to read you. That's it's like, oh, I had to do a book report on it, man. No, like, I, I mean, I, I yeah, it, it, man. It's, they are what they are. You seriously? Wait, hang on. You seriously had to do a write-up on Scooby Doo? Yeah, well, yeah. They, you know, they're like, hey, we're gonna send you this copy. <laughs> And if you don't review it, you're not going to get a copy of the Marine Five. So just stay on their good side of WWE Studios, man. You got to, you know, uh, pay the problem. Hey, I tell you, this job isn't as easy as it looks. I watched it on a Friday night, Matt, uh, the first one. And uh, the reason why is I play this game with my wife. When I ask her what she wants to watch and she keeps saying, I don't know, I just put on something that could potentially annoy her or be really dumb just to put something on. And it actually, we both turned out thinking that it was enjoyable for what it was. You know, it's dumb, Glenn, but it's... it's Glenn, there's things you should be saying on the air, and there's things you should not be admitting on the air. <laughs> right, that's this falls true. under that category. Hey, you know, <laughs> come on, guys. You know, you, you gotta appreciate... If you can't appreciate the bad, you can't appreciate the good. You know? I'll just leave you with that thought. Uh, but first, speaking of gold dust, DDP Yoga. want to remind everyone... Check out DDP Yoga, specifically their awesome Max Pack, used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, John Cena, Goldust, and tons of other WWE stars who've been getting in shape and love using DDP Yoga. You can get a special offer with three months of the app for free at ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc. Also, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, now available on iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation, Amazon, and Vudu. So make sure to check that out and tweet DDP Yoga. Let them know that we sent you. You can also see the film on DVD, Blu-ray, and Netflix. One of the best documentaries in years. Must see The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, DDP Yoga. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. And also, as always, be sure to check out Trendy Butler, a fantastic clothing service that does all the work for you. You select a style profile, and Trendy Butler has a stylist hand-picked clothes uh, that cater to your style. And even better, for only $65, you get over $150 in designer clothes. You can sign up now at TrendyButler.com and use code WRESTLING10 at sign up, and you get $10 off. Again, that's TrendyButler.com, and check them out at Twitter, at TrendyButler. Cool. So, 
after all that, we uh, came to the Daniel Bryan Mick Foley segment. Um, a lot of build up, a lot of build up for it. Uh, Raj, what did you think of the segment itself? That was awful. Um, you you build this up. You're, you know, again, you want to try to have some integrity with your brand extension at least in the first couple of weeks, you know, and to give that away for no reason. This this had nothing. Uh, you know, there are people saying like maybe they're going to draft Cesaro over to SmackDown or do it, you know, uh, do a trade or something like that. They did nothing. It was to build a Rusev versus Cesaro match. That's all that came out of this. So uh, the the you know Foley being upset with Daniel Bryan was kind of contrived. I just I, when you have Daniel Bryan out there, it should be a, a meaningful segment, and this was a total waste. That what you think? <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 you know you you know what? I think they were hope you know because you have Mick out there and you're bringing Daniel Bryan out there for crying out loud. You're going to have the feel-good moment of him coming out with his yes chance and everything like that, and he's still crazy, crazy over, obviously. Um, you know, but uh, it, it, they could have done a lot more, especially with you have Mick Foley out there and, and Daniel Bryan. There's so much more they could have done with them than that. Um, you know, it, it, again, it is what it is. This is what they came up with, and this is what they fed us this week. Um, they could have done so much more with those two, and it's a shame, especially with Mick. Mick is... You could throw anything to make, and he's so good usually. You know, and I'm not saying he wasn't tonight, but it's just what they had, what they're having him do. Just uh, could have done so much more. Yeah, uh, and then the Cesaro match. So I mean, so this is you know what we're watching um, right before we got on the air here to do this podcast. And you know, what I mean, said to Raj, I was like, mm -hmm. wow, they really had a chance to maybe redeem or pick up this this kind of you know mediocre episode of Raw. You know, if Cesaro maybe would have won or something more interesting would have happened aside from, you know, the Sheamus interference, Roman coming out. Um, I mean, I thought that match between Cesaro and Rusev was, was, had some nice momentum. I mean, in a short amount of time, I thought that that was going pretty well. But then just sort of with the ending of it, it seemed like, why, why have that as your main event? As the last thing in Raw, the thing where you have a chance to get people talking, to hit them with something that they're not going to see coming, so that way they're going to want to tune back in next week to see what happens next. It just seemed kind of like like an afterthought. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Matt, what, what did you think of, of that way to end? This this is where they should have had uh, Finn and Seth Rollins with their build up. They should be closing this show um, with whatever that build up is going into SummerSlam with a hell of a lot better than what they did earlier tonight with with just Seth by himself out there. Um, and the Balor pre-tapes, you know, um, some some type of match, whatever have you. But that angle should have, I thought, capped off the show more than this than this match should have. But um, the match, for me, it was it was good. They're both they're both very very talented. But mm -hmm. honestly, it, I did not start getting really emotionally invested into it till the very end with the false with uh, with the first false finish with Rusev uh, super yeah. kicking his head off with. Um, when when Sheamus came out to uh, you know screw, look like he was gonna screw him and he, and he hit him with a super kick and pinned him when he kicked out uh, when Cesaro kicked out there I thought that was a very believable false finish and that was the first time that I was actually fully invested in that match other than wanting to see Cesaro do some sort of feat of strength I thought we were gonna get that more so than him just picking him up on his shoulders I was hoping to see like a five minute stall suplex or something you know something crazy like that but um yeah I, I don't think this was the match to end the show and that's n on neither of those two guys by the way. Rush. 
Yeah, I just thought, you know, back to my point earlier, we, we discussed it, but it just really pointed out how, how thin they are at the top when they this was the match that they had to close the show out with. So, um, yeah, I thought the crowd was kind of dead. Uh, when you're when it's a three-hour show, you don't need to go 12 minutes, you know, past the three-hour mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have plenty of time to get everything in. Um and that's so what yeah, I, I just like, thought it just dragged, why, and it, why when, when you realize this is your main event, it's just like, uh, man, you know, this was really a nothing show. Yeah, I mean, if the title had changed, and I, my my prediction, I was thinking it was going to the title was going to change, that was going to flip back next week, and at least give us something, some momentum, you know, uh, going into SummerSlam with that belt. Um, but even that was the weird thing about Rusev coming out during the, you know, what led into it, right? Because Rusev came out during the the Brian Mick segment to talk about how he was going to defend the brand as the U.S. champion and all this. I mean, I don't know. It just, I, and that's, that's what it felt like to me, like a lot of false starts, you know, like, like they got some momentum going. And it was like, no, no, it's just not really there. Um, I mean, by far, I think this is the weakest of the three that we've uh, seen so far, and uh, probably the yeah. weakest of, of the five, if I'm even to count SmackDown and just say, like, the programming they've put on since the brand split, I think this was the weakest, you know, yeah. of the, those five uh, episodes. Definitely. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens next week with it. Um, but, yeah, SummerSlam's coming up. Be here before we know it. Was it two weeks from this past weekend or two weeks from this upcoming weekend? What's the date on it again? What, SummerSlam? Yeah. It's a week from Sunday. Week from Sunday. Okay, so it's we got one more one more Raw coming up before this. And, uh, yeah, the go-home should be, I mean, come on, let's get people stoked about this. Let's get people jazzed, you know. Not another mythology lesson. Um, so perhaps maybe overshadowing it, perhaps more interesting what happened this week. Uh, Raj, you want to tell everyone about, uh, you know, the latest on the back and forth after Conor McGregor made the comments that he made? Yeah, Matt, what did you think about that? Conor McGregor ripping on wrestlers, you know, tr- obviously trolling. Uh, doing It's what yeah. he does. And uh, just getting an, a crazy response. Like, everybody was responding. Ric Flair and Roman Reigns and Jericho. I mean, he really got, and he really struck a nerve with uh, with his comment. Yeah, I can see it. There, there's both ways. We both say, okay, on one side you can sit there and say, okay, he's a genius for 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 trying to draw his, you know, get his name out there and just just light everybody up as far as he's being a true heel. Uh, he's working everybody. And there's a part of me that watches him and goes, he really believes his own BS. You know, he really thinks he is Johnny Tough Guy. And I'm not saying every wrestler in the world would beat him up, but I'm saying pretty much I have my money on more wrestlers beating his ass than not. This kid comes. My two-year-old is taller than him. This kid would have this. And let me be. Let me be clear. I used to be. I was. I was a fan of his before this a little bit. Um, he's talking about crap just to throw stuff against the wall to get his name out there. And he and he's using what I did as a profession, you know. And, and we take that serious, you know, every once in a while when people try to take shots at it like that. Because yeah, okay, it's scripted and stuff. But these are some legitimate tough guys that work hurt nonstop and can throw down. This is just a profession that they chose over doing something where they would legitimately throw down for money. UFC didn't pay that much. The guys a lot of money back when a lot of us were coming up in WWE and wrestling. Now they finally do. But, but trust me, Conor McGregor would have a hard time getting on a freaking roller coaster ride, let alone putting a chink in my armor. I would punt that little sawed-off midget pissant halfway across Orlando. All right? I, I mean, so I he doesn't say... even want to bark up my tree because I would backhand the freaking piss out of him. 
And I would say it, almost of note that I think it takes more precision and control of movement to come within half an inch of actually hitting or kicking someone um, and making it look real than it does to actually just yeah. do it. You know? So, for, so for, for people wondering what Connor said, uh, he said that on the conference, on the UFC 200 conference call, he called uh, uh, WWE stars messed up uh, wussies, but with a, with a P. And uh, and then on Twitter on Sunday, he said, I didn't mean no disrespect to the WWE fans. What I meant to say was that I'd slap the head off of your entire roster and twice on Sundays. Obviously, just trying to get attention. Uh, that's you know, that's his. He's a, he's like Chael Sonnen, where he'll say stuff that's absolutely not true. It's clear that you know Connor is influenced by pro wrestling, um, yeah. but <laughs> I think Matt, I, I don't think I could put it any any better. It's 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 still disrespectful at the at the expense of uh, the the you know the the business that kind of major persona. Yeah, hundred percent. Rick, I like Rick Flair's comment on it. Actually, you know, I thought that was pretty uh, perceptive of Rick. I didn't even think Rick watched him, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he probably doesn't, but he he, he yeah. heard about he heard that comment. And to a degree, hey, good for Connor for getting it out there. I can see that's what I'm saying. It's a double-edged sword with 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 my feelings toward it. Part of me wants to, like I say, drill him into the ground. Well, yeah. and, but don't you think, though, I mean, I think both wrestlers and wrestling fans, I think we're almost still living in, like, a post-kayfabe era where, like, to even say it's fake or these guys aren't tough or any of that stuff, it's kind of like, right. like, what is it, 1991? Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think people know that it's hard. Most people he, can't he's, do it. He, Glenn, he's not, yeah. Glenn and Raj, he's not the only one. The, the other UFC yeah. fighters oh, yeah, have made these little pot comments like that, and a lot of, you know... So you, every once in a while you do gotta you know speak up for the business you know whether my, you're still doing it or not. Yeah, my personal opinion is this: this fight isn't getting the the traction that their first one got, <laughs> and he wants to get you know he wants to promote it, yep. get you know, and make headlines. So you know he knows WWE wrestling fans are passionate on social media, and and getting this out there would get a reaction, and and, and boy did it ever. So yeah. I think I think yeah. it was just working uh, working. Yeah. Uh, the internet to generate more interest in this fight that's not getting as much as uh, his previous ones have gotten. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's amazing to me sometimes the stuff that, that sticks. You know what I mean? It's like so much happens, so many news bits. It's amazing to me the ones that become stories and get this life of its own. Uh, Raj, you want to bring it Just in for the record, for the record, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, Conor, you, you guys, Conor McGregor would not even be a cruiserweight, just for the record. You guys know this, right? He is short. He'd be shorter and lighter. Just, I'm just throwing it out there. Well, well you know, he's, maybe, he's probably, uh, he's fighting at what, what? lightweight um, in this next fight? So, I mean, he's probably about 170 pounds, you know. Are you kidding me? Do you know what I weighed when I was in eighth grade? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he can go, you know, tag with Swaggle on the Indies now, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, he edited. Listen, when he fought Diaz the last time, what was one of the biggest glaring um, parts of that match? His his punches were not doing as much damage as they'd done to his last previous opponents because he yeah. stepped up in weight class. There was a noticeable difference. What the hell would he do stepping up in weight class or fighting against some of the pro wrestlers after that? Know what they're doing and can throw friggin' hands. You know, not every wrestler can, but a lot of them can. Oh, my God, Kurt Angle. The, the, the list goes on. What Kurt Angle would do to him? Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Or Bobby Lashley, oh. you know, who's, you know. Oh, just so many. Legend. Not even the guys. 
surprised. Not even the guys that just shoe fight. Tons of guys that just JB guys just the barroom fighters. Just as there's so many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he 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 did what he did. Uh, he got his attention, but uh, yeah, it's definitely disrespectful. Yeah. Raj, you want to bring everyone up to speed on the latest releases? Uh, Ryback was officially released, and then Joey Styles. Yeah, Joey Styles. Uh, he did this Facebook Q and A. Um, it's not confirmed that this is the reason why, but he did a Facebook Q and A. I recapped it today um, because WWE had removed it shortly after he did it. Um, he had done a couple tweets since that, and then uh, he was gone. And so, yeah, it turns out he was released. His uh, his profile was moved to the alumni section today on WWE.com. Um, yeah, I mean, the stuff he said in that Facebook Q&A, it was like, you know, he was asked why, why, you know, Vince pushes Roman Reigns, and he said, well, Vince is, you know, more right than wrong, but women love Roman Reigns, and moms love Reigns, and they bring their kids to the shows. Yeah, you know, he said a couple things here and there, like how he, he thinks the word belt is appropriate, which, you know, he's dead on. He's saying a title is not a physical object, so when you're hitting someone in the ring with a belt, you say a belt, not a title. Um, so there, there were like there were like four or five things he said during that Q&A yeah. where he's like, oh, I'll probably get fired, oh, this one will get me fired, <laughs> and then he gets fired. Yeah, and, if you're uh, publicly ever, like, it's one thing in private, but if you're publicly ever making that statement, yes, you were probably right. <laughs> it, it's just so petty, uh, you know, to, you hear some, you know, back to the UFC, you hear what Mark Hunt is saying about the company, or you know, after the Brock Lesnar drug test failure. You know, some of these guys who will just rip the, you know, rip the company to shreds, and nothing happens yeah. to them. But WWE, man, they got, you know, they don't have a thick skin when it comes to this stuff. That's a great point, you That's actually a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with the Ryback thing, so so didn't Ryback preempt his release by wishing the WWE <laughs> success in their future yep. endeavors? Yeah, that was awesome. Yes, he did. I gotta say, Ryback, uh, Ryback on Twitter can be can be pretty entertaining. Right, this thing with Ryback actually, I mean, like, I actually really like Ryback. Now, I think this is putting him over more than you know everything WWE ever did. Unfortunately, now he's just you know got to carve his own path and make his own way. But I mean, I think the way his points he's made in this, the way he's handled it all, I mean, I think you know I, I have a lot of respect for the guy. Yeah, Matt. Matt, what did you think about Joey Styles? I thought he. <sighs> Total class act, total like it's genius. There's so many different words to throw out there when describing him. Um, a hard ass worker. I mean, the guy, probably the type of guy that gets going to get there early, leave late. He bleeds pro wrestling, loves this business, and, and it's just another example of WWE yet again treating somebody a la like Jim Ross or, or people of of that kin that are that that we all look at with such respect and revere. And they just treat them at times like dirt, you know? And, and I don't get the logic in that and the message that's being sent by doing things like that. Um, these people love the business. They're known for loving the business, for loving your company and putting everything on hold for your company. So I don't get why they continue to keep getting, you know, pushed over, if you will, or, 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 or the smack across the face kind of. You know, at the end of their tenure or their career, if you will, or their time in their stint with the company, whatever you want to call it, I just found it disrespectful a little bit. Joey deserves a lot better than that. Yeah, if that's the reason why he was fired. I should say that. Sorry. Yeah, that's true, and it. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It's just funny that uh, 
you know, fans, they love Styles so much from his ECW days that they're, you know, uh, they're going nuts over this. But really, they, they haven't seen Styles, you know, in, in years, you know, as far as uh, with WWE because, he, you know, he does all his stuff with .com and, you know, on the Internet side. Um, so it just shows, like, the, the kind of uh, passion that the fans still feel for him. Yes, yes. I mean, how many, we, we talk about it all the time, making a connection with an audience. That's a great example of. He hasn't been on TV in years, and yeah. he's still super over. Yeah. yeah, well, that didn't save Damian Sandow. I mean, so you know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's stuff, and I think that's part of it too. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that connection with the audience is something that the company. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like because I've seen that They happen. don't pay. No, say what you're going to say. They don't pay attention to it, and they don't yeah. judge it. They, they say they do, but they don't. It's they not a parameter. Care. It's not a parameter anymore I've like it used it. to be. It, it, you see it on TV shows all the time when talent, when yeah. key talent, like they don't renew their contract or they don't want to, you know, give them a raise. Um, and, and I think we're, we're so this era that we're in of media and engagement, it is about connection. It's entirely about connection. And I don't care if it's your connection to the person's Twitter feed. In addition to the work that they do, it's it's about the 360, not just what they do in the job, but the connection and what they do going that extra step to build a connection with the fans. And companies take that for granted. And that's why a lot of the times you, I mean, you see, and that's not going to happen with Joey Styles. No one's going to be like, I'm going to stop watching the WWE because he's gone. Um, but that being said, that, you know, people are going to follow, you know, people are going to follow Ryback to where he goes next. People are going to follow Sandow, you know, follow what he does next. They almost did that with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know, the whole push for Daniel Bryan to WrestleMania. Remember? And, they, and, they, people yeah. were leaving in drones watching that show going into that when it was going to be uh, Batista versus Orton and just ignoring how over, you know what I mean? Yeah. How over I know, Brian was. I would even speculate in this whole concussion thing that happened with him that, you know, that they probably, you know, made made it worth his while. You know, because he was talking for a long time, like concussions or not, he was going to go and wrestle for somewhere else because that's what he wanted to do. And they right. knew that would threaten their business. So they had to lock him down. But for every yeah. one of those, you know, and it's not all Daniel Bryan level, far from it, but there are varying no. levels of people that have fan bases that just, you know, they, they don't get it. They don't know what to they do. They just with them. ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And let me ask you this, Matt, not. before we yeah. uh, before we wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, well, where do you think Ryback should go? Because you've been kind of in the same boat where you, you're a big, physically imposing guy leaving <sighs> WWE. I mean, just from the kind of the landscape, you know, what do you think's the the smart move for him? It's so different now than it was. You know, when I left TNA, was just it was still coming up. Yeah. But I luckily had Japan. I had New Japan. Um, I would definitely go to Japan if I'm Ryback. Um, I think he would get over huge there. I think um, he would improve there as well. I think he was improving in WWE each each time I saw him in competitive matches. Not squash matches, but competitive matches. He's improving his selling and uh, lots of different things. Um, goes to Japan, gets super over, and I bet you they try to bring him back. You can't. He, guys like that don't grow on trees, I'm sorry. You know, drug-free, jacked-up monsters like that, steroid-free, are not... They're not just, you know, growing in somebody's backyard right now, you know, right for the picking, you know. So that's, you know, you, you don't take that for granted. And I don't know what the hell they were doing taking him for granted to begin with. They should have re-signed his ass and done something with him. Yeah. Well, okay. No, I, th I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he has coming up next. He's doing uh, some fitness stuff, right? He's putting out, like, uh, his own line of, like, some workout accessories and apparel. 
Um, which I think is interesting. I think, I think, hey, when you're that big, like, yeah, by all means, if you're known for being that big, you could probably teach the rest of us a thing or two. You know, that, here, here, well, here, here, here's the other thing I just want to say. I know we got to go. Yeah. The other thing is he, he goes away and he comes back, Raj. Sometimes getting away is very good. When I when I was released from WWE, I was told they wanted to get me off of TV to forget that you know the stuttering character and whatnot, and then bring me back once I've you know spent some time in Japan a year or two, and then we'll start with something new, right? Yeah. Well, I chose to go. I went to TNA because Cornette was there at the time, uh, you know, big advocate of mine, and I went there with the goal of just going to TNA, getting over, and then my original plan was to get out of there and go right to WWE. But TNA was good to me. You know, so so I ended up signing a longer term deal with them, and, and giving back to them. But my point is, you get away from TV, the American TV, and then you come back different. They weren't doing much with Ryback anyway, so maybe this is a blessing in disguise. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think. Uh, if, yeah, I mean, look at Luke Gallows. You know, like he's a uh, great. He, he's yeah. way ahead by. Getting out of there. I mean, he he was released too, but you know, getting out of there, going to Japan, getting you know, he would he wouldn't have lasted long as Festus anyway. So, uh, more power to him. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, everyone. Well, uh, that covers this week's Monday Night Raw and some extra news there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back here, Raj and myself, on Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, to talk about SmackDown Live, the third SmackDown Live of the new era. See how that works out in comparison to this week's Monday Night Raw. Uh, In the meantime, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Let us know what you think. You can follow all of us on Twitter. Just look to the show notes for links to our handles there. Want to thank Host Papa, DDP Yoga, and Trendy Butler for sponsoring the show. And we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care.